Dr. Arthur Perry. He's one of the top plastic surgeons. He's got offices in Manhattan, New Jersey. You know, and he's been doing a show here on WOR for years and years and years. Very uh, popular show and a great plastic surgeon. Everybody has questions on this subject, so uh, he's the guy to ask. Dr. Arthur Perry. John, the public wants to know. The public doesn't give a damn. And I went to his office, and I said, mm. I said, look at my face. And he goes, yeah, look at your face. What can I do with your face? What can you do with his face? I go like that. I swear to God. I go, look at this. I'm getting old. Like I said, I'm going to maybe you could fix it up a little bit. Dr. Oz, are you there? I'm here, Arthur, and I want to get applaud you having worked with you on a book and numerous other activities. You want to talk to Arthur Perry? The best in plastic surgery. Remarkable knowledge, but also your grace at delivering content, which is why it's been a blessing to have you on my show so many times. When I was a resident at the University of Chicago, we had a... That means you're smart. As a really, really gifted physician, uh, I want to pay you the, the highest tribute I can give to a surgeon, which is when people come to you, they don't come for an operation, they come for an opinion. And that's why I trust you with my uh, friends and relatives. I didn't realize we were going to get the Michael Jordan of plastic surgeon. 90210 bows to this guy. And welcome. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR, back in our regular slot here at 6 o'clock on Saturday evenings. And thank you so much for listening to me. And I hope you're enjoying this weekend. A little nippy out there, but uh, a, uh, a nice weekend nevertheless. Well, this is the show about you. It's the show about cosmetic surgery, a show about skin care, a show about dermatology, a show about, about your jowls. That's what this show is about. It's about small breasts and protuberant bellies and fat around the hips and wrinkles and splotchy pigmentation and moles. And no, it's not the veterinarian show. It's a show about moles on your face. So that's what this show is all about. And you can become part of the show by giving us a call. 800-321-0710 is the phone number here at WOR. And, uh, and I want you to join me this evening. I want you to give me a call and ask me the questions that have been keeping you up at night. And I know there are questions. You know there are. You know, you, you sit there at night and you think, well, you know, is it, uh, what is it that I need to have done? Do I need uh, a facelift or can I get away with a, a non-surgical procedure? What do, what do we think? Well, that's the question to ask me. If you have a good question, give me a call, 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. We're giving away bottles of soft time. Everybody wants to know, what is it this week? What are we going to be giving out? Well, it's soft time, and the reason we're giving soft time out this time of year is because this is the soft time season. Soft time is a moisturizer, and I'm not the biggest fan of moisturizers, although I'm coming around, and those of you who have been listening to me for years and years, I used to say, well, no one needs a moisturizer, but now I do know that there are there's a subsect of you out there, mostly women, mostly around the time of menopause, just before, during, and certainly after menopause, that can really benefit from from a moisturizer, a good quality moisturizer, one that has ceramides. What are those? Well, ceramides are important to maintain the barrier function of the skin, these these big words. What is the barrier function of the skin? You know, it's a very complex subject, but let's just say it's what keeps the good stuff in and the bad stuff out. And that's what your skin really is supposed to do. Your skin is your uh, your uh, your wrapper. That's what it is. It holds things in and it waterproofs you and it deteriorates when you abuse it, when you abuse it with soaps, not my soap, my soap doesn't do that, but normal everyday soaps, they will really do a number on the barrier of your skin. Or some of the uh, the ingredients that you see in skincare products, you think they're good for you, but so many are not good. They really aren't. And, and certainly pollutants in the air and pollutants uh, 
that you might use to clean your house. Oh boy, there's a, there's a lot of toxins in those. And cigarette smoke and all sorts of things. And ultraviolet light. They all degrade the barrier function of the skin. And what does improve it is a good quality moisturizer, particularly one that has ceramides. That's the word of the day. And phytosphingosine. How's that one? Phytosphingosine. That is a tough word to say, but it is an important ingredient in your skin. And it's one that really declines as we get older. And it's important for your barrier function. So we're giving away bottles of Soft Time tonight. Soft Time is uh, it's a really nice moisturizer, and it's part of my very simple skincare collection. All right. Well, tonight we're going to talk about a lot of different things in plastic surgery. We're going to talk about hair dye. How many of you dye your hair? Do you think it's safe? We're going to get into that in a, a few minutes. We're going to talk about liposuction, one of my favorite topics, and abdominal etching. What on earth is that? We're going to talk about that tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about Madonna. Why would we talk about Madonna? Because she's done something really little. I'm sorry, Madonna, if you're listening, it's a real wacky thing that you've done. And we're going to talk about your ozone gas therapy. My goodness. That's what we're talking about tonight. And we're taking your phone calls, your phone calls about cosmetic surgery, about skin care, about uh, things like that, things that beautify you. That's what we're talking about. We're not going to talk about rheumatology and things like that on this show. All right, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon. And for those of you listening, last week we were on and during the weekend. Uh, next weekend, we're on at 10 a.m. on Sunday. We're preempted again next weekend. So if you're, uh, if you're doing absolutely nothing next Sunday morning, <laughs> well, even if you're doing something, tune in, 10 a.m., next Sunday, and I'll try to remember to say that again at the end of the show. All right, so uh, I am a board-certified plastic surgeon. I've trained at some pretty good places. I trained at Harvard, Cornell, and the University of Chicago. I'm on the faculty of a couple medical schools, uh, one of the top five, Columbia University and also Rutgers University Medical School. And, uh, and I spent 10 years on New Jersey's State Board of Medical Examiners. That's the regulatory board for doctors in the state of New Jersey. And that gave me a very interesting perspective on cosmetic surgery and medicine in general. Because when you sit there for 10 years judging other doctors and making regulations for other doctors, boy, you learn a tremendous amount. And that's a good thing because I spent a lot of time on it. No, it wasn't a full-time job. It was about a, a day every other week, a full day every other week, and uh, boy, I learned an awful lot. And, uh, and it's given me a great perspective, and I give that perspective to my patients and to you on WOR. All right, let's talk a little bit about hair dye. How many of you dye your hair? I bet you a lot of you dye your hair. Do you know that it's not safe? That's right. There was a pregnant pause there. It's not safe. Well, permanent hair dye is not safe. And straightening your hair, that's not safe either. And uh, there was a study that was just published uh, by uh, was a National Institute of Health uh, study. It found that women who use permanent hair dye and chemical hair straighteners, well, they have a higher risk of developing breast cancer. Now, that is very, very important, and it's a very significant paper because it was published in the International Journal of Cancer, and it says that, uh, well, you know, I mean, is it definite? No, it's very difficult to prove a definite, definite link. You know, if, uh, if I take a knife and I make an incision in your skin, I've got a 100% link that I've made that incision. But when you use hair dye on your hair for 10 or 20 years and develop breast cancer, it's pretty hard to uh, develop uh, a, a link. But they did it because they looked at 47,000 women. 
And this was a, a very important study called the SISTER study. And it found that women who regularly used permanent hair dye, and that's the key thing, it's the permanent stuff. And there are different types of hair dye. There's hair dye that lasts only a week or two, and then there's hair dye that lasts a long time. And, and those of you who use this, you know exactly what you're using. You're using the permanent one. You have a 9% more likely chance of getting breast cancer than women who don't use that hair dye. And among African-American women, it's even a stronger link. Uh, uh, African-American women who use hair dye every five or eight weeks, it was associated with a 60% increased risk of breast cancer. For white women, it's an 8% increase. So it's a huge increase. Now, it's, it's also interesting with the, uh, the temporary hair dye, there was not an increase in breast cancer. Isn't that interesting? So they, they wonder, why is this? Well, the problem with these chemicals is that they are endocrine disruptors. There's a lot of endocrine disruptors out there, and I've talked a lot on the show and on the Dr. Oz show about uh, endocrine disruptors. You know, there are endocrine disruptors in, in uh, sunscreen. There are endocrine disruptors in perfumes. Those phthalates, hard, hard to pronounce word. You know, that's a, uh, it's a difficult to spell word also, but phthalates are, uh, are very dangerous. There's a lot of, uh, of endocrine disruptors out there, and when they act like estrogen, like so many of them do, that's when they can increase your chance of breast cancer. So the lesson for the day and the important lesson is that you don't want to use permanent hair dyes. And you know what? If you look at some of the black hair dyes also, they actually have lead in them. So that not only are you getting an endocrine disruptor, but you're getting a neurotoxin. So I don't know the answer other than the temporary ones don't seem to have that effect, and you have to do it more often. Uh, but certainly stay away from the permanent hair dyes. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. Now, Noah, he learned so much from the show. He's never going to dye his hair after tonight, right, Noah? Yeah, he's looking at me, of course. No, he, he's not, he doesn't have to. He's such a youthful guy. All right, the phone number here is 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. And maybe we'll start with the Madonna story for a minute because this is really wacky. How many of you saw that about Madonna? You know, a great singer, great actress, but boy, I'll tell you, she does not know how to uh, choose doctors and and medical treatments because she had something this week that was really strange. It, it's um, the infusion of ozone. What is ozone? It's O3. You know, O2 is oxygen. It's oxygen, but with uh, three oxygen molecules, and uh, uh, it doesn't occur uh, particularly commonly in your atmosphere that you breathe in. Uh, there's an ozone layer. We know about that. But when you take ozone and inject it into your body, or worse, here's what, here's what Madonna did. They drained the blood from her body. She was feeling ill. She was feeling tired and in pain. And there's scant evidence, scant evidence, mostly among quacks, I'm sorry to say this, uh, that this can help a pain syndrome. So Madonna... Uh, had her blood drained. It was infused with ozone and then put back in her body. I can't tell you how dangerous this is. I mean, it is just nutty. She said it made her feel so much better. I think there's a, a big placebo effect here. She was taking her life into her hands. I, I looked at the literature on this. A couple of years ago, some guy did this for the same reason and had a heart attack. He was 46 years old, and the ozone caused a myocardial infarction in an otherwise normal heart. She's lucky she didn't have that. You know, it's called auto hemotherapy there is all this stuff out there you know if you're in pain or you have a disease i see it all the time with my patients where 
you know, you're grasping at straws, and, and I understand that. I really do. When you're, when you're in pain or have some illness, uh, heart disease or cancer or something like that, we're searching for the right answer. And, you know, there's this conspiracy uh, thinking out there that, uh, you know, the medical profession, we don't want to provide you with the right answers because uh, certainly it will cost people. Now, that's ridiculous, and every doctor knows that. That's insanity. And when someone does a, a treatment like o ozone therapy, uh, I'm sorry, that's uh, really crossing the line into wackiness. And I'm sorry, Madonna, you need to listen to this show more. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. No, we're going to take a, a short break. Don't forget, 800-321-0710 is the number. We'll be back after these words. Listen carefully if you're interested in beautiful skin. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Good skincare really can improve your appearance. I know you've used many products over the years and haven't seen a difference. So you say, why should I try your skincare, Dr. Perry? Well, here's why. I combine scientifically proven ingredients into just a few products, and that keeps it simple. A study showed my skincare reduced the appearance of wrinkles by 20% and visual signs of aging by 44% at 12 weeks. That's huge, and that's real. Daytime with niacin protects, and nighttime with vitamins A and C nourishes. And Clean Time Cleansing Bar even removes most makeup. I'm offering my basic kit, all three products, for $65 plus shipping if you use the WOR2019 code. Go to drperrys.com, that's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com, or call 844-DR-PERRY to order. To learn more, listen every Saturday at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. We've become a nation obsessed with losing weight, but we seem to be losing sight of why. At RWJ Barnabas Health, we take a different approach to weight loss. Instead of emphasizing short-term goals like reducing the size of your waist, we focus on long-term benefits like reducing your risk of diabetes, sleep apnea, and hypertension. And for those whose best option is bariatric surgery, your journey begins with a nurse navigator who will be with you from the time you commit right through recovery. Along the way, you'll learn about different surgical techniques, healthy eating, sensible exercise, and support groups. And once you find your healthy weight, you'll look and feel better too. It's not about losing weight overnight. It's about staying healthy over time. Visit rwjbh.org slash weight loss. RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we are back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon and host of this show for now going into our 15th year after completing last week our 14th season here on WOR. And thank you so much for listening to me. And, uh, and thank you for supporting the products and things of that nature that keeps this show afloat. All right. I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon. The phone number here is 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. So the most common procedure in all of cosmetic surgery is, do you know this? Do you know the answer? It's actually breast augmentation. And uh, perennially, it's breast augmentation. And, and every few years, uh, liposuction is the number two procedure. It, it, it gets that number one spot. So last year, 
that is uh, the last year statistics were available. We're going to come into the new statistics very soon for 2019. Uh, but the 2018 statistics, we had 313 breast augment, 313,000. I'm sorry, breast augmentations in the United States, and 258 liposuctions. That's fat suctioning in the United States, so that makes it the number two procedure. And it's a procedure that I've been doing for a long, long, long time, longer than I'd like to say, since the first year of my plastic surgery residency, which was 1985. Wow, you know, considering I was in high school then. But uh, anyway, you know, I did a lot of liposuction, and uh, there is a procedure within the liposuction uh, uh, techniques called abdominal etching. And you know what that is? That is a procedure where we try and make your belly look like you had a six-pack. You've been out there exercising. So when we finish, uh, when we go to the 630 uh, slot, we're going to talk all about abdominal etching, whether or not that's good, whether or not that's bad. Uh, I'll, I'll keep you in suspense. But right now, we've got Dr. Thomas Scanlon on the line. He is a professor of pediatrics and the chief of the Division of Pulmonary Medicine and the director of the Cystic Fibrosis Center at Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital and at the medical school, Robert Wood Johnson Medical School. Dr. Scanlon, are you there? I am here, Dr. Perry. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking time on your Saturday evening. Cystic fibrosis is a serious, it's a potentially life-threatening genetic disease that impacts um, actually several organs of the body, but fortunately there have been very uh, an awful lot of advances uh, that have allowed cystic fibrosis patients to live longer and healthier lives. And one of the top cystic fibrosis centers in the region is, is actually at Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital in New Brunswick. So that's why we have Dr. Thomas Scanlon on. Dr. Scanlon is a, a pediatrician. He's a pulmonary pediatrician. He's a specialist. He was uh, went to medical school at the University of Pennsylvania, a good place down the road. And uh, and I don't know how you got uh, to University of South Car uh, Southern uh, California and came back. It's it's sunny there. What is it here, Dr. Scanlon? Uh, well, right now they have a problem with wildfires there. So in the long run, it was a good decision. <laughs> That's right. Well, we're we're all at Robert Wood Johnson, and in New Jersey and New York, we're happy you're back. So tell us about cystic fibrosis. What is it? Uh, it's a genetic disease. It's ultimately fatal. It's life-threatening. And um, the mucus in both the lungs, the GI tract, the liver secretions, everything, uh, all the secretions of the body don't work right. The most important thing is the mucus in the lung builds up and causes repeated infections, bronchitis, pneumonia, and, and eventually uh, damages and destroys the lungs. And, and that's obviously a, uh, a terrible disease to have, uh, but there certainly have been uh, strides made. How does, how, does, how does this disease impact someone's immune system? What, what connection is there? Well, it, there's really not a direct connection to the immune system, but um, because of the secretions uh, in the lung, certain bacteria, Staphylococcus, uh, Pseudomonas, in particular, established the foothold in the CF patient's lung in their mucus and cause repeated infections. And so everything we do is aimed at helping the body get rid of those uh, antibiotics, airway clearance. But the immune system is actually working in overdrive. It's just because the mucus is so thick in the lungs, it can't uh, get rid of these bacteria once they get established in the lungs. So now as a pulmonary, a pediatric pulmonary specialist, 
What do you do? How do you manage this disease when you get a cystic fibrosis patient? Well, we, um, it's a chronic disease, and uh, we have a whole team to help us manage uh, that. Uh, other pulmonologists, uh, nurses, respiratory therapists, nutritionists, uh, physical therapists. Um, we've been fortunate enough uh, in the past uh, several years uh, to have a psychologist part-time available for our families. It's a, it's a very uh, time and energy expensive uh, disease to take care of a child with CF. And it, it places both um, uh, emotional and financial strains on a family. And having a skilled social worker who's a counselor and more recently, a psychologist makes a big difference. So now you have a whole center at Robert Wood Johnson. It's the Cystic Fibrosis Center, well-named. And uh, now, now when you have a team like a pediatrician, a pulmonary pediatrician, a psychologist, and others, you know, how, how do you work together? Do you have conferences about a specific patient, or do you all see the patient in, uh, in a clinic uh, situation? Tell us about that. So uh, I think probably the most important thing we do is when we have a a day where we have many patients coming in throughout the day, the whole team sits together for an hour before we start working, and we go through the list of patients. And uh, I prefer to think of it as a roundtable. Um, we go over some basics about the patient, but whether the nutritionist has something to say or the physical therapist or respiratory therapist or nurses, everybody can contribute. And uh, I would say that... Uh, uh, the doctor sees essentially every patient um, and the other team members, uh, we sort of decide which is most important for them to see on a given day, depending on what the issues were or what we've heard from a patient in the interval between their last clinic visit. And the Cystic Fibrosis Center at Robert Wood Johnson is actually quite well known around the country. It's one of the top five such centers. And, and I'm very happy to have uh, Dr. Thomas Scanlon speak about that this evening. So now, Cystic fibrosis, it's a tough disease to deal with. It's, it's tough for patients, tough for you, but there are breakthroughs, there are advances. Now, tell us about some of those. Well, it's, it's gotten to be very exciting. Uh, when I started uh, taking care of CF and working in CF, uh, the survival uh, wasn't that great. Uh, it was uh, teenage years. Uh, and at this point in time, there's survival, and it's mostly through this team care that we've done, the survival is now in the mid mid 40s is the average expected survival. Uh, but um, a few years ago, one drug came out, um, uh, Kalydeco, which really boosted lung function and helped the nutritional status of patients. It was only good for a small percentage of CF patients. It depended on which mutation you have. But just within the last year, um, uh, uh, one drug called Trikapta, which is a combination of three medicines, uh, in, and is also effective for uh, almost 90% of patients. Um, right now, it's only for those over 12 years of age, but uh, it's given um, a tremendous boost in lung function and overall well-being for patients, and um, it, it's dramatic. Um, I've had patients and parents when they get their lung function measured for the first time after they've been on uh, on this drug, they're actually tears of joy. They are so happy. They never thought they could get such good lung function um, in their lifetime again. And uh, it, it, it's been quite rewarding. And 
the patients feel better. They can do more. Uh, so uh, I think we're not done yet, but it, it, here and now, by taking a couple pills a day, uh, you get a huge boost in your lung function. As far as we know, you still have to do all the rigorous management, take the other pills for digestion, clear your airway, take your antibiotics. But um, we're hoping that you'll be able to do a lot less of that if you start taking these new medicines at a young age. You know, it is a, a fascinating field. And, and I, I know that there's an awful lot of genetic research being done now. And I've heard some genetic researchers say that within 10 or 20 years, every genetic disease is going to be cured by uh, procedures like gene therapy and the new CRISPR technology. and things. What do, you, do you see that coming in cystic fibrosis? Uh, well, um, everybody's excited about CRISPR if you're involved in a, uh, taking care of a patients with a genetic disease. Um, it, it can do marvelous things in the test tube, and they're starting to do it on, um, uh, it's not, there's supposed to be a moratorium, but uh, there are rumors that they've done it in China and other places on humans. Um, I think we still have to work a lot of bugs out of the bugs out of that process. Um, I know I, when I was at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia in Penn in the 1990s, there was one physician who was really uh, spearheading the CF gene therapy effort. And uh, there was an awful lot of hype and an awful lot of hope for that. And it really didn't work out well at all. So um, CRISPR has amazing potential. Uh, and we're all hoping for it, but there's still a lot of uh, things that have to be worked about, out about, you know, how to give it to an individual patient and fix the genetic disease. Um, in a test tube right now, it, it works marvelously well, but uh, for individual patients, maybe your guess of 10 or 20 years is a, is a good one. I think none of us really know, but um, we're all very optimistic that either that technology or another one, uh, and there are other technologies being developed that uh, will really transform the way we think about a genetic disease so that it, it won't be the uh, difficult situation that it is for families with genetic diseases right now. So, well, I'm going to ask you another question that you, you might might not know the answer, but, but is there a role for lung transplantation in cystic fibrosis? Well, uh, there's an important role for CF and uh, in CF for lung transplantation. Um, the, the good news, and I think most of us in pediatrics, uh, the care has improved so much over the years that uh, we don't expect pediatric age patients to be sick enough to need a lung transplant. And that is um, good news. That's wonderful. It, that, that is great news. It's fantastic. Although there are still individuals that are unlucky or uh, get a bad infection, that, that do um, need lung transplant even before they're 21. But um, it, people that are 30, 40, uh, who even in spite of getting good care and taking care of themselves, the repeated infections, their lung function is less than 30 or 20% of what it should be. And when they get to that level, um, they're referred to a center that does lung transplantation. And uh, the two centers that do that right now that are closest to us are in Philadelphia and in New York. Um, I have a hope that we'll have that sort of a program in, in New Jersey uh, sometime in the near future. But it, it can be uh, life-altering. A patient whose lung function is only 20% of what it should be 
needs oxygen day and night. They get new lungs, and their lung function is close to 100%. Um, and it, it, it's a new lease on life. Uh, the, the only caveat, the only warning is um, you have to really maintain your anti-rejection medicines. And uh, lungs probably have the uh, least good survival rate of any organ transplantation. So uh, hearts, kidneys, livers, I think, are all uh, much better um, outcomes for patients because many patients over – five to 10 years will start to reject the transplanted lung, but um, it's life-saving, life-changing for uh, individuals that have gotten to that point in their lung function and uh, uh, need a lung transplant. It's, it's a literally a lifesaver. So um, we're glad we have it. We hope as these drugs come forward, there'll be fewer and fewer, fewer and fewer people that need uh, a lung transplant. But, um, until that day comes, we're uh, thankful that we have good lung transplant centers around the country. All right, Dr. Thomas Scanlon, professor of pediatrics, expert in pulmonary medicine in children, and expert in cystic fibrosis. I want to thank you so much for taking time on your Saturday evening. It's very kind of you to give us the time and educate us. I, I want to let the listeners know that Robert Wood Johnson has an 800 number, 888-724-7123. That's 888-724-7123. And there's a website, rwjbh.org. That's rwjbh.org. And you can go on the website and learn about this program and all of the different programs from uh, from dentistry to obesity, you know, the fat little toes, <laughs> at uh, Robert Wood Johnson. Thanks so much, Dr. Scanlon. I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, thank you, Dr. Perry, for doing what you do to uh, help uh, educate people about the various medical problems. I'm very happy to, and uh, and have a great weekend. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. There's more to the show. Stay tuned. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. We'll be back after these words. We've become a nation obsessed with losing weight, but we seem to be losing sight of why. At RWJ Barnabas Health, we take a different approach to weight loss. Instead of emphasizing short-term goals like reducing the size of your waist, we focus on long-term benefits like reducing your risk of diabetes, sleep apnea, and hypertension. And for those whose best option is bariatric surgery, your journey begins with a nurse navigator who will be with you from the time you commit right through recovery. Along the way, you'll learn about different surgical techniques, healthy eating, sensible exercise, and support groups. And once you find your healthy weight, you'll look and feel better too. It's not about losing weight overnight. It's about staying healthy over time. Visit rwjbh.org slash weight loss. RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together. Ladies, are you seeing an older person in the mirror? You love your mother, but you might not want to look like her. She was older and you're not. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've spent three decades perfecting techniques to help you look younger. If you have sagging eyelids, wrinkles, jowls, bands in the neck, or splotchy skin, I can help. Botox, wrinkle fillers, a rejuvenating facial laser, or Althera might be just what you need. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scarf facelifts. Let's spend an hour together in my Fifth Avenue or Somerset, New Jersey offices. I'll examine you and will alter your photographs with my new Vectra 3D camera 
to show you what you could look like after surgery. Schedule a consultation by calling 212-753-1820 or 732-422-9600. On the web, it's periplasticsurgery.com. That's periplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? We are back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR, the phone number 800-321-0710. Give us a call and become part of the show, just like Pamela is doing. Pam, what can I do for you? What is your wrinkle? Um, I'm curious if um, you do use Botox for the lines between your eyebrows. Will your eyebrows be unable to move and get sort of paralyzed or... And is there something else that you could maybe inject into those lines instead of doing um, Botox? Okay, good good question, Pam. Is it Pam or Pamela? Either one. Either one. How old are you, Pam? Sixty. Okay, so so let's talk a little bit little bit about the wrinkles between the eyes. Those eleven wrinkles, right? Those are the ones you're talking yes. about. The ones that make you look angry. Is that right. what you're talking about? Okay, yes. and they're so common. And if you have children, you get them even earlier. No, that's that's politically incorrect. Of course we get, you have to yell at, no, you don't. You don't yell at the kids. You just, you, you tell them nicely to do the things that they're supposed to do. All right, but we do get those wrinkles. We get those wrinkles. Everybody, for the most part, does. And Botox is the mainstay. Now, what Botox does is it paralyzes the muscles. That's its goal. So the muscle that brings the brows together, it's called the corrugator muscle. And it's a, it's a muscle that's not well understood by a lot of the people who inject Botox, which is why there's so many funny-appearing Botox uh, patients. And, and you only have to watch television to see these brows go up in funny ways. And uh, that's because the anatomy is not well understood. And if you're a plastic surgeon, you probably understand this anatomy because we've operated on, uh, on the eyebrows and on the forehead. But if you're another medical specialty or uh, maybe a nurse, sorry, uh, who does Botox, you might not quite understand that the muscle is not like what the Botox company tells you it is. The muscle actually reaches all the way over to the edge of the eyebrow. It really does. And so we need to actually put little bits of Botox all the way out to the edge of the eyebrow so that we don't get that startled, funny, weird, joker-appearing uh, forehead. Now, remember what I said, Botox paralyzes the muscle. And the wrinkles are created by repeated motions of the muscle over many decades. So it doesn't happen overnight. It happens a long, over a long time. The muscle continues to push on the skin, pull on the skin, and eventually that skin cracks. It really does. And under the microscope, the dermis, which is the collagen layer, the underlying layer of the skin, actually cracks. And when we get the wrinkle for the first time, there's actually a little bit of inflammation in the wrinkle because of that, that injury. It's a repetitive use injury of the skin. Just like those of you who are runners out there, you get repetitive use injuries of your knees and your hips. So here we have an injury to the skin that creates a crack in the skin that we look at in the mirror and we say we have a wrinkle. So what we do with Botox is we want to paralyze the muscle. But the artistry of doing good Botox is to allow some motion, some motion of the muscle without completely paralyzing it. And that's the challenge. Now, it's very easy to just carpet bomb the forehead and you'll have no motion whatsoever. 
but I don't think that looks natural. And if you look at some people on television, that's what, you know, they're angry and there's no motion of their forehead because they've been over Botox. So we don't want that. And I don't think you want that either. So again, it's artistic and creative use of Botox. And by the way, there are different chemicals now, different companies. It's Botox, it's Xeomin, it's Dysport. It's the new one, something like Jejun is the name, but uh, haven't seen that one in my practice yet. But uh, there are four different types of these Botox uh, drugs, and they are drugs. And they last about four months on average, and you have to repeat them about three times a year. Each time you do it, by the way, you allow the, the body to actually heal that wrinkle in just a little bit. And over the course of many years, not months, but years, uh, even without the Botox, your wrinkles should look a little bit better. Now, the second part of your question is, what else can we do other than Botox? Well, I love wrinkle filler. I love it. I use it every single day on my patients for mostly wrinkles in the lower half of the face. The lower, you know, around the mouth, the nasolabial folds, the folds between the, the nose and the corner of the mouth, and the marionette lines between the corner of the mouth and the chin, and that the jawline, I put uh, uh, wrinkle filler in there. We call it wrinkle filler, but it's really just filler. Uh, I use it to build up chins and build up cheekbones. A couple of days ago, I put some in someone's nose to lower the nostril just a little bit. It's, it's really a wonderful substance, but I never use it, never, between the brows. And the reason I don't use it between the brows is because of that pesky complication of blindness, of which there are now, to my count, and a review article just a couple months ago about 50 cases of blindness in the literature from people injecting filler between the eyes. And the reason blindness is a, a potential problem in that location is because the blood vessels in the forehead connect with the blood vessels behind the eye. And if I'm unlucky enough to inject some of that filler into one of those blood vessels, which thank goodness I've never done and hopefully I never will, uh, then it goes into the eye and causes permanent and, for the most part, irreversible blindness. Isn't that terrible? So we don't want to inject in that location. And even if that doesn't happen, it can also destroy the skin in that area. And every plastic surgeon who uh, has gone beyond the first week of his or her residency has injected lidocaine into that area to numb up the forehead and all of a sudden gets it into a little blood vessel and bang, the whole forehead turns white. Well, thankfully, with lidocaine, that is a uh, very temporary effect, and it goes away because it's a liquid. Uh, but if it's with a gel like uh, Restylane or Juvederm or something like that, my goodness, it's a disaster. So, so there's the answer. Now, there's one other, one other thing, just one, and that is uh, placing a solid type of filler. And what is a solid filler? That makes no sense, right? But there are sutures made of something called polyhexanone, PDS. Uh, are you still there, Pamela? Or have I, I, I yes. heard something. I heard you drop to the floor. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm here. No. All right. I want to make sure you're, you're awake because I am going to give you a, a little test at the end of this, uh, this lecture here. But there is a, uh, a type of a stitch called PDS uh, that I've been using for about a year or so and I thread it into those wrinkles, and that's for people who don't want Botox, and I can't use filler. I thread it into the wrinkles, and what happens is your body sees that, and it makes a little collagen around those, uh, those type of stitches. And again, that will last maybe six months, maybe a little bit longer, 
Uh, so maybe even a little longer than Botox. It's not as good as Botox, I have to admit. It's not as good as injecting filler in other wrinkles, but it is something, and there is an effect. Uh, it was written up about a year or so ago, maybe two years ago, and I've done it in probably a dozen or so patients who do not want Botox in that area for one reason or another, or maybe are resistant to Botox, because about 5 or 6% of people eventually get resistant to Botox. You make antibodies against Botox if you've had it a lot of times and if you're I don't know if it's you're unlucky or lucky because I wonder and we can never do this experiment if someone develops antibodies to Botox does that mean they can't get botulism if they have that bad can of beans I have no idea the answer maybe there's a microbiologist or immunologist out there that can tell me the answer but Pam have I answered your question Yes, thank you very much, and you gave me some new information, but probably it seems like Botox is the best um, approach. It really is. You know, 6.5 million people last year had Botox. It is a really, really good drug. It's a very safe drug. Uh, you know, I've been doing it since 1997 on my patients, so that makes me a, a, quite a veteran, 22 years of, of injecting Botox. And, uh, you know, the worst thing I've had is maybe a bruise. You know, people can get bruised from it. Uh, every now and then it will drop your eyebrows a bit, and that's predictable beforehand. We can, uh, and I show my patients pictures. If you have a, if you're really holding your brows up real high and you get Botox in your forehead, it can drop your brow. And most people say, well, that's okay. It's a reasonable trade-off. But some people don't like that appearance. So uh, if that's the case, then you wait the four months, it's gone, and you're back to where you were before. Botox is a wonderful drug. All right. Thanks so much for the call. Pam, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is WOR in New York. And around the country, we're heard all over. And by the way, if you're out of the area, you can hear this as a podcast on the WOR710.com website or on the iHeart website or on iTunes or on my website. There's lots of ways to hear this podcast, and I hope all of you are listening every single week. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. There's more to the show. Stay tuned. I will get to abdominal etching when we return from this break. 800-321-0710. We'll be back in a moment. Listen carefully if you're interested in beautiful skin. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Good skincare really can improve your appearance. I know you've used many products over the years and haven't seen a difference. So you say, why should I try your skincare, Dr. Perry? Well, here's why. I combine scientifically proven ingredients into just a few products, and that keeps it simple. A study showed my skincare reduced the appearance of wrinkles by 20% and visual signs of aging by 44% at 12 weeks. That's huge, and that's real. Daytime with niacin protects, and nighttime with vitamins A and C nourishes. And Clean Time Cleansing Bar even removes most makeup. I'm offering my basic kit, all three products, for $65 plus shipping if you use the WOR2019 code. Go to drperrys.com, that's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com, or call 844-DR-PERRY to order. To learn more, listen every Saturday at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. Ladies, are you seeing an older person in the mirror? You love your mother, but you might not want to look like her. She was older, and you're not. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've spent three decades perfecting techniques to help you look younger. If you have sagging eyelids, wrinkles, jowls, bands in the neck, or splotchy skin, I can help. Botox, wrinkle fillers, a rejuvenating facial laser, or Althera might be just what you need. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scar facelifts. Let's spend an hour together in my Fifth Avenue or Somerset, New Jersey offices. 
I'll examine you and will alter your photographs with my new Vectra 3D camera to show you what you could look like after surgery. Schedule a consultation by calling 212-753-1820 or 732-422-9600. On the web, it's periplasticsurgery.com. That's periplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And I am back. You are back. We're here listening to the radio on a Saturday night in December. And, boy, it's cold out there and going to get colder. This is the season for the soft time. So, uh, you know, that's why we're giving away soft time. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. And have I mentioned Plexiderm this evening? I don't think so. Do you know what Plexiderm is? No, I know. You know, everybody at WOR must use Plexiderm because they look so unwrinkled, or or maybe it's me. Uh, but what Plexiderm is is a very temporary and very effective way to get rid of wrinkles and bags under the eyes and even the jowls to a certain extent. It's really pretty cool. It's not my product, but I wish it were my product. It is a great product. It's a temporary product. So it's not skincare. It's not surgery, uh, but it is something that will make you look good temporarily. That means for a few hours or, if you're careful, more than a few hours. Uh, and the way it works is it's a silicone material that goes on your skin, and as it dries, and the technical word for that is as it cures, but uh, as it dries, it actually tightens the skin. You've seen the commercials on TV. I saw the commercial. Did not believe it. Asked John Greenhut to send me some. Used it on my wife, and lo and behold, it works. Used it on my patients. Lo and behold, it works. And I've had so many of my patients tell me, oh, I should be your spokesperson on the radio show for Plexiderm. Well, you know, you too can have that result. And the way you do it is by calling this number. If you call the number I'm going to give you, you'll get 50% off. If you don't use this number, you don't get it. It's 800-925-9963. That's 800-925-9963. And you get up to 50, actually not up to, you get 50% off Plexiderm and uh, it will work for you. And if you don't like it, you just call them up and say, hey, I don't like it, but you're not going to say that because it really does work. Plexiderm, 800-925-9963. All right, I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and one of the great procedures that I've been doing for a long, long time is liposuction. I call it liposuction. I'm the last guy in the country to call it liposuction. It used to be liposuction, then it was liposuction, and then it's liposuction. Well, what it is, it's, it's a removal of lipids. And we don't say lipids, right? So it's lipids. So I call it liposuction. And uh, that's my Chicago accent. That's where I did my uh, plastic surgery residency at the University of Chicago, which is the Harvard of the Midwest or something like that. All right. So it's, it's a very effective procedure. We can remove up to about 10 pounds of fat safely. It's not a method of weight loss. So, you know, you don't want to use it to try and lose weight. You want to use liposuction to contour the areas that have a little bit of excess fat. So the most common areas in women are the thighs, the outer thighs and the inner thighs, and maybe the hips. In men, it's the belly. And in both men and women, the uh, I think the best, biggest bang for your buck procedure in all of cosmetic surgery is liposuction of the neck and jowls. You know, the turkey gobbler, that area underneath the chin that uh, even if you're thin, tends to collect fat. And after we remove that fat with liposuction, there's such a remarkable change. Your neck looks better. You know, you can be kind of chubby 
you know, from the neck down and look really thin <laughs> from the neck up. And you can cover the rest of your body with clothes, right? But you can't cover your face with clothes. So so it is really a great bang for your buck procedure. Uh, procedures, uh, uh, liposuction of the neck and jowls can be done under local anesthesia. Usually we like sedation. That makes you relaxed and it's safer. Uh, but it can be done under straight local anesthesia. I make a little tiny incision under the chin and one under each ear and suction out that fat, and it takes about an hour. It's a great procedure. You're back to work in just a few days. When I do it for the rest of the body, usually I'll do it under general anesthesia. So when we do the belly fat, we make a little incision in the belly button and one on each side, and usually one above also. Little tiny incisions. These are about a quarter inch maximum in length. And through those incisions, first I infuse an epinephrine solution. What is that? It cuts way down on the bleeding. Back in the old days before we did this, there was a limitation on what we can suction because you bled a lot, but with an infusion of epinephrine, and that's different from local anesthetic, by the way. That's not the, the toxic lidocaine. This is just epinephrine, which cuts way down on the bleeding. And then we go ahead and break up the fat and suction it out. And it's a real art form. It really is. It is an easy procedure for a board-certified plastic surgeon. However, it is a very di difficult and even dangerous procedure for a non-plastic surgeon. You hear about all sorts of disasters all the time uh, with liposuction, and they're usually by people that have no business doing these procedures. I'm, you know, If you've listened to me over the years, you know that uh, I'm really big on people doing what they're trained to do. That sounds obvious, but unfortunately in medicine, it's not always the case. Well, anyway, there's a, there's a procedure called abdominal etching. And what is that? You know, that's if you can't get to the gym and do all those sit-ups, but you want that six-pack. Well, you go to the plastic surgeon. He or she sucks out fat in a pattern, leaving what looks like a six-pack, and that's called abdominal etching. You could have an eight-pack, have as many as you want there. Uh, so the pictures look like you've got muscle, but I'll tell you something. This is one of the stupidest procedures. Oh, I hate to be, uh, you know, actually say those words, but it really is a stupid procedure. There's a lot of them in plastic surgery now. There's procedures where we, we cut parts of muscles away in the calves to give you uh, more slender calves. That's a stupid procedure. There's procedures where we take veins off the back of the hand. That's a stupid procedure. You know, you don't want to do these things. You want to use plastic surgery to make you look better in a reasonable way. And abdominal etching, while it's not dangerous, let me tell you what happens. <laughs> and there's a paper in Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery. I just got the journal today, and it's in this month's Plastic Surgery Journal. And they talk about the technique, longevity. And if you are thin and have just a little bit of fat on your belly and you absolutely swear not to gain one pound for the rest of your life, you have to swear that you're never going to gain one pound for the rest of your life, then maybe it's a procedure for you. But here's what happens. So we shape the fat in your belly. Okay, that makes, uh, makes sense. You'll look better, right? Uh, over time, everybody gains a couple pounds here and there. So let's say you have this procedure when you're 40. And, uh, and then you go through time and you have a couple pizzas over at Patsy's uh, each, uh, each month. And, you know, a couple of years later, you're maybe three or four or five pounds heavier. And maybe... Uh, 20 years later, you're uh, maybe 15 pounds heavier. Well, you know what happens? The fat that was left behind that looked like nice muscle in your belly now looks like a little breast on your belly. And now you've got six or eight of those on your belly. And maybe a little bit lumpy and droopy. You get the point. This is just one of those crazy procedures. I think, you know, liposuction is wonderful for the belly. We suction out the fat. If you uh, want to then go to the gym and really define those muscles, that's great. 
but the abdominal etching, that is another procedure to uh, leave to the history books. So my opinion, don't do it. <laughs> and Noah, can, can you imagine the, uh, the person that gains 40 pounds, you know, and, and you know, everybody says, oh, I'll never do that. You know, I've been in practice long enough now. I've been uh, since 1987. So I've seen patients come back 20 years later, 25 years later, and they were, uh, you know, uh, I did a breast augmentation on them when they're 25 and they were 130 pounds. And now it's 30 years later and they're 170 pounds. Well, you know, life happens, right? And people tend to gain weight, unfortunately, as you get older. And we're going to have to have Mike Roizen on the show in a couple of weeks. And uh, Mike's, uh, I did this show with him for six years with Noah. I think Mike will talk to us ab about uh, weight loss and, and about the next book that he's going to write that I just wrote a chapter for. But that's uh, that's that's a, uh, a digression here. So uh, it happens. Abdominal etching. No, I don't think that's a great idea. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And uh, once again, the phone number, 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. So a lot of people do ask me about liposuction of the neck and jowls because it is a very popular procedure, one that I do an awful lot of. I actually wrote the chapter on emedicine.com. If you want to read about this and maybe see some of my patients, you can go to emedicine.com. It's a book intended for plastic surgeons. It's not really for the lay. And I wrote the chapter many years ago, and I updated it every two years uh, on liposuction of the neck and jowls. And it's, a, uh, it's uh, as I say, a wonderful procedure. There are many other ways to remove fat in the neck. And, uh, and you know, we hear about cool sculpting can remove just a little tiny bit of fat. We hear about Kybella can remove some fat from the neck. That's injection. Uh, we hear about all these, uh, these laser-type things and radio frequency, electric current that can re reduce fat. But the best way... The absolute best way, the one that is tried and proven, is liposuction. You say, well, I don't want surgery. But when you go through all these other procedures, and some of them are billed as non-invasive procedures, but yet they involve making an incision, infusing uh, local anesthetic, putting a probe underneath the skin to monitor temperature, and then frying the skin and the fat, how could they call that non-invasive? When we do liposuction, it's a very controlled procedure, and particularly the neck and jowls. I think my record is removing about eight ounces of fat from the neck. That's a lot of fat. The average person has maybe two or three ounces of fat in the neck who needs this procedure, by the way. A lot of people have no fat. But there are important considerations when we do uh, look at someone who wants the fat removed from the neck. First of all, we need to know that it's underneath the skin and not underneath the muscle. And so there's a way to examine you to uh, understand that. You would not be able to know, but I will be able to know. And if it's underneath the muscle, then liposuction is not the answer. It might be part of the answer, but we have to make an incision, and we have to actually go through those muscles, those bands of the neck, and gently remove the fat, not through suction, because there's a lot of important things in your neck down there. Uh, but tease out the fat, remove a little bit of fat, and then repair the muscles and that is called a platysmoplasty, different operation. That's why we go through a, a residency. That's why it takes a long time to become a plastic surgeon so that someone just doesn't look at you and say, ah, oh, we'll suction the fat out, and then the fat is under the muscle, and they've missed it, and you go through the procedure, and you still have a chubby neck. So it's important to know. It's also important to know that your skin is going to be able to shrink after the procedure, and that that can only be determined by looking at you and by the experience of the doctor. Noah begins to wave his hands about this time, and he says, get out of the studio. 
it's about over. You know, I could do this for hours and hours, and next week I will have, well, just one hour, but 10 o'clock next Sunday. We're not on next Saturday evening uh, because of some basketball or chess or something like that is being uh, played during my time slot, but that's the way it goes in radio. We get preempted uh, during the sports season, and we'll be on at 10 a.m. Sunday morning. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. Thank you so much for listening to me. Go to my website, perryplasticsurgery.com. Order products if you'd like on drperrys.com. You missed all those great specials for uh, Black Friday, but they're still reasonably priced. Price. Go ahead, drperrys.com. Noah, thanks so much for great engineering. Don't forget, next week, no, we're not on 6 o'clock Saturday night. We are on 10 o'clock Sunday morning. Tell your friends and listen. Bye-bye now. Have a great weekend. 